When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, dudes and dudettes? This is Marco Malmasi, freshly back from the waves of Hawaii. Welcome to another fine episode of the Knife Talk podcast. I'm wow. here, as always, with Jeff Fader and Mr. Craig Lockwood. And we're here to answer your questions, talk about your dilemmas, and uh, have a good time and talk about knives. I mean, that's it's all in the title. But <laughs> it's right let's there. Off with the last week. Yeah. How's the last week been, Craig? You've been traveling. It sounds like you got you got another year older. I did. Yeah. Um, so I was back in the UK um, for what four five days. Um, back to Rockfield, where I recorded my single and. Um, there was a, working with a band there with Nick, who was my producer, and he was producing another band. I sort of giving him a hand and um, discussing this big project we've got coming up, which I'll talk about later on. Um, and then I came back for my birthday, which was which was nice. So I was away until literally the day of my birthday. Flew back in um, to France to the freezing, freezing cold, and um, yeah, just chilled out. A really quiet birthday, but really, really nice, really nice. Yeah. How old are you? How old am I? Yeah. Is that what you said? Um, yeah. I don't be- I honestly oh. think there's been a, an issue somewhere because I, I, on paper I'm 46, but that's oh not that's not right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we've discussed this today. I'm like that. It can't be right. I I feel 25, um, but apparently I'm 46. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. You, you you don't look 25. <laughs> I was hoping you can say you don't look 46 then. <laughs> you don't look 46 either. You don't look 46 either, but Thank you. you know, listen, aging gracefully is the way to go. Thank you. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday. Thank you. But yeah, I've come back to like minus temperatures. It's freezing here. I mean, it was cold in the UK, but it's colder here. Um so yeah, it's it's been a bit of a struggle with this with this cold, but um it's all good. I've had a really sort of relaxing week, so I'm good. I'm good. Nice. What about yourself, Morocco? He's back. I'm back. Yes. I'm back from Hawaii. Thank you guys for covering for me last week. Uh, yeah, I had a good time in Hawaii. It was, it's always great to get over uh, Neil uh, and visit Neil uh, coming more. He's a good buddy of mine. And it's, it's nice to kind of check out of real life <laughs> every once in a while. Uh, just to help with my mental health a little bit. Uh, I still go over there and I work and we're in the shop, you know, 12 hours a day, but um, it's, it's different because I'm there kind of with not a lot on my agenda. I'm there and, and it's just like, I don't know. It's when I'm working in somebody else's shop, it feels less like work. And, um, mm. and it's a little easier to get things done actually a little bit. I mean, there's also still the distractions of like, chatting and, and people come in and go and whatnot. Um, but it was really good. Uh, I absolutely got torched. So, uh, sorry, let me back it up. I, I was there for like five days. 
we worked in the shop the whole time except for the last day just before i left and i got absolutely torched we went to this beautiful beach hung out uh most of the guys were surfing i do not surf especially when you have to paddle out to a break that's about a quarter mile away Hmm. Uh, i am just not conditioned for that jeff might be able to pull it off though He's got them tight glutes. So, um, (laughs) Morocco, I'm right right here. I'm right here, you know. (laughs) I don't see your glutes very often. I'm a washed up 46 year old. Swimming story. Yeah, pop that booty. Wait, oh, hey, listen, when you're done with this, I'll tell you a real swimming story. Okay. Go ahead. So, right. So, you were, you were on the beach. You were just on the beach, kind of hanging out. Um, uh, some of the people had kids that they brought. And so I was hanging out with the kids and, skipping rocks and swimming and stuff and there were like green sea turtles playing and eating uh like what's called uh i think it's called limu which is a type of seaweed that looks like a little flower kind of thing but they're like in the waves so it looks like the this uh the sea turtles are kind of surfing on the waves too oh wow um people are cruising around snorkeling doing some fishing and trying to catch octopus i could see whales out in the distance it was a trip i've been to hawaii a, a few times like seven i think this is my seventh trip seventh or eighth trip i've never seen whales and i saw a bunch of um i can't remember what it's called but anyways with a whale just like its full body comes out and <laughs> crashes down into breaching. the ocean and stuff breaching yeah. yeah and then saw some uh some when they spout off and they're coming up for air you saw a few of those saw some of the flukes kicking up too it was cool there Craig's must have been favorite a- whale is the sperm whale oh of course i can tell he's got three children he's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that sets you right up <laughs> the alley-oop. but yeah uh and then getting back uh has been good oh man i gotta so a quick update for everybody who's been so awesome and supportive of the calendars. So we last I talked, we were getting the calendars that day. We got the calendars from the printers who had delayed already because of issues with their machines. And I think they must have just blasted them out and then sent them on their way without really looking at them. Oh, no. Because all of the images came out like five shades darker than they needed to be oh. and some of the images you couldn't uh. even fucking see and i was like holy shit it's 300 i think this first batch is 300 and yeah we had to send them all back oh. and all i could think is like the person that we're working with you think that, that they would have just taken a second and looked at the images that they we sent the and proof then one. What yeah came, yeah it came out of the print and we had been doing proofs but for some reason they didn't run a proof on this one and all of them were fucked and so we had to send them back get them reprinted we just got them uh like three days ago got them repackaged back up and and we got all everything that we got has been sent out mailed out today so i appreciate everybody's patience i apologize for the delay the images look great um so please enjoy those if you don't get them in time to enjoy the month of january still check out holly loftus work she's the first one she kicks us off in the calendar and and so it's it's the calendar looks good and it's on its way now so uh, we're still running a deal uh, through the patreon that if you jump in and join at the $15 level or more, you get a free calendar as well as access to the Patreon stuff. Um, we're going to be talking, actually, I'm going to be doing Vingle uh, next week for my 
uh, artisans of steel calendar okay. or uh, podcast and then we got the private q a coming up at the end of the month on the 30th just to make sure that anybody who might be jumping in just in the last second to get the calendar deal as well as the patreon stuff can still have access to those things and be part of those so i appreciate again everybody's patience and support um because it's Trust me, it's been fucking frustrating on my end, and I'm about ready to be done with this stuff. <laughs> Disaster <laughs> like, averted. It's so many sorted. times. Yeah, so many times I'm just like, why the fuck are we even doing this? <laughs> <sighs> so, so, Jeff, what's, what's your week been like? Madness as always. Uh, I'll be getting a lot of good stuff done. Pre- preparation for the new knife drop that we're going to do uh, more than I expected for uh, February, which is really nice. And uh, just to give you the backup, years ago when I was in swimming, swimming story, this, I got to remember this, oh, yeah. no, I'm going to forget it. Back in the day when I was uh, 10, 15 years, 10, 10 so years ago, I was training for the New York City Marathon. We got uh, invited to go to visit family in Mexico City. And then we went, ended up in Acapulco. My grandfather had worked on uh, building uh, hotels in, in uh, a hotel in, in Acapulco. We stayed there. I got an opportunity, a friend of the family was a professional swimmer and said, we're swimming across Acapulco Bay. Did Mareko's left? Seems to have, yeah. Let's carry on. I'm sure he'll come back. But I mean, is that going to affect the... No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's just carry on. Let's just carry on. All right. You think it's going to be all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So... We're swimming away. So I got an opportunity to swim across the Acapulco Bay, which is amazing, hmm. with professional swimmers. Now, one was the gold medalist of the oh, uh, night. <laughs> what? No, I was just saying, oh, that is not what you want to be doing, swimming with a gold medalist. Well, it was from the, um, from the Olympics, the, Mex- hmm. the Mexico City Olympics yeah. from 1969 well, okay. or something like that. And they were like, we're going to swim across. So, you, you know, you're, you're a young, you know, whatever you're training, you want to swim with us. I'm like, yeah, sure. And they, I show up on the beach. We're going to swim across Acapulco Bay. And I'm in my, ba- my board shorts from a vacation. And they offered me, they said, oh, you can't swim across the river. Why don't you take a pair of our Speedos? <laughs> and I look at them, I'm like, bro, you think I'm going to use your <laughs> fucking borrowed Speedos to swim across the I'm like, I'll be fine in these. And they had a, they had a, a kayak. And what happened was, was I basically almost drowned halfway across. Oh, wow. I, it was so long and I was not prepared to swim across. And these professional Olympic swimmers were swimming all the way across. And then like the rescue kayak was right by me. And it was <laughs> not excellent. Not good. So, no. It's, well, it's, at least you weren't wearing a, you know, budgie smugglers at the oh, same yeah. time, oh, you know, there's, at least oh, there's that. My uncle who was there is just like, dude, you could get crabs from wearing from that, from that guy's, yeah, the, yeah. that guy's swim trunks. Wow. <laughs> so I'm not a great story. Good, good. So, we've so got, what, what's been happening? You've got the, you've got your new drop coming in February. Yes. So we had, uh, we've, this new knife is really awesome. It's a, uh, it's a, a departure from what we were doing, mm-hmm. which is, this is a hidden tang knife color lab handles it's lighter it's a it's like an addition to what i already do so it's a lighter handle uh lighter knife and then the tip the interesting thing is is i've been fooling around for years actually years ago you gave me some uh uh colored perspex and that, i made a knife that was the, that that was the birth of your color lab I, I claim full responsibility for the color lab yeah you did too when i mentioned it the last time yeah you did so <laughs> i uh i made a knife 
based off of a knife that I made for this chef where the tip was up. The tip was up, and then there was a little bit extra material. It was like a swoop. Mm. And I'd always thought I'd go back to that. And then this was part of that. And what I realized was, you know, if you make a knife where the spine is straight, like kind of like a French, the classic French-style knife, where yeah. the spine is straight and then the heel kind of radiuses up, and it's like a, that traditional triangle shape, you end up with this much more th- a very thin tip. But if you kind of swing the whole thing up and then you give it a little bit of swoop and then the spine swoops up and back down, mm-hmm. you have a little bit more material ahead of the tip. So then the, the tip isn't as needle-like. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it, it's all about that where that point is compared to the, the cutting edge and the spine, really. The higher that point is, you'll get a thinner edge and all the rest. Yes, yeah, I know what you and mean. And where the material is, where the material is too, like so if there's material behind it, it isn't going to be as flexible yeah. and you're going to have, it's not going to be as needle-like. So it was like, there's something I wanted to do and I tried it and it works awesome and they're fun to make. And we figured out the, we figured out the mechanics of how we're going to put them together and we've heat treated them all. And I cry and we've been doing that. And now we're starting to put the handles together and it's really exciting. And, and it's just for me that the whole process has been a, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So is this like a, a newsletter thing? People get on the newsletter to get first first dibs. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna do the newsletter. People, are, we have a, the newsletter's been good for us, but at the same time, it's also being on Instagram is still like really tight. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's been really good, and oh. uh, you know, I got nothing bad. I got nothing bad to say. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Nice, nice. Okay, um, let's tell everybody about these guys. These guys. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln. Or you could go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, because that will take you to Soul Ceramics. And as we now know, uh, they are distributors of Even Heat. They have some in stock at all times. You get $75 off uh, the normal retail price, and you get free shipping in the U.S. So that's with Soul Ceramics, and you get there by knifetalk.net forward slash heat. And that link is in the bio. Okay, we've got plenty to get through. I think I'm hoping Racco's going to join us back. Um, Just out of curiosity, yes. Will we? Will do you? Ha- do you see his audio? No, he's not in the. He's not. It's sort of in the room no, at the like, moment. It would have said like, we, you captured his audio. Yeah, it doesn't say anything like that. No. Then no. I think that we lost his audio. Yeah. Well, I've got it locally as well here. So. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, never mind then. Okay. It's recorded in three places, so I've got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm with you. Okay. little peek behind the curtain to... there for the listeners. Oh, <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. This is this. This is... I love this podcast. We are still the number one knife-related podcast in this German festival. Whether you like it or not. Mm. Whether you like it a lot, whether you like it or not, but you get the lumps too. You get the high love. We had... The, I got a lot of nice messages about our cloaca talk last week. <laughs> But you get the lumps too. So, if, you know, this is the way it is. It so, is. here's what we got we got lots of questions. We also have lots of listener feedback. And we have one good why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? So, okay. whatever you want to do. Let's start with, let's start with questions then. Um, that's why most people here, I think. Um, EDC Gearhouse on Instagram. Again, he's DM'd us. Uh, the way to do that is uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. DM us. Um, and hopefully, we can read out your question. Um, so EDC Gearhouse has, um, say, hey, guys, it's a two-part question. Pushing his luck. Um, do you guys carry pocket knives on the daily or not really? Um, especially curious about Craig since he lives in France or wherever. Um, also been curious about this for a minute, for, for giving you guys a culinary makers. Um, do you or will you ever make a pocket knife? Uh, thanks, as always, for the laughs and information. 
EDC Gearhouse. Um, I'll jump straight in. Um, I have made a pocket knife. Um, I made an all brass, very sort of classic um, pocket knife um, called the H. Um, and I don't carry a pocket knife with me all of the time. Um, weirdly, I do more in the summer um, because we, we eat out a lot. There's a lot of sort of um, like street food markets, you know, around local villages and stuff. Um, and I generally take pocket knives to them because... I eat with those knives. Um, but I don't carry a pocket knife for, you know, for um, field work, should we say, um, because th- there's no real need. Um, Jeff, are you, are you a carrier man? Well, you know, I, I hate stuff in my pockets. Yeah, me like, too. I, yeah. Am, I am anything. Anything in my pockets, I hate it. Like, even for this podcast, I take my keys out of my pocket, my wallet out of my pocket, I hate it. But I, in the wintertime, one of the fall towards the the spring, I am always wearing a vest. And I love vests because I like my arms are free and they're comfortable and they're warm. But the other thing is, is there, I can shove stuff in them and I don't feel it. So actually, I just got... So, just, I, just, let's just back up a sec. You mean like an external vest, like a, like a gilet kind of thing? Not, uh, what's, not... A, what's a fucking internal vest? Like like underwear vest that you'd like old men wear, like a string vest. Yeah, you mean a you mean a wife beater? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm thinking. You see, like you stick stuff in there, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ! Like a fucking what Tony the hell Billy is Jeff now? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, over here! Now. Oh, speaking of Tony Soprano, my daughter is obsessed with Sony Tony Soprano, like with the Sopranos, right? Yeah. And when she does her homework, she reads everything like Tony Soprano. <laughs> so she was doing a U.S. history thing, and it was about James Madison, and she goes. Hey, this country's built on a republic, not a confederacy. Ow! Oh! You know, it's just like everything she does. And it's like totally surprised, hilarious. Uh, but um, yeah, so we're like a, a, it's like a Carhartt vest with some Sherpa lining. And I love them. I okay, like a gilet. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I don't know what a gilet is. What's that? It's yeah, an external like over vest you put on top of anything else. It's a jacket yeah. with no arms. Let's, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. So I actually have... I've been. I've decided that because I don't feel them, I should have something. So I've been having. I've been. I have a Spiderco Tenacious. Spiderco Tenacious. I got that as a gift, and I'm using it. It has a serrations on it, and I use it for cutting stuff. And then I got another one in another jet and another vest, and I happen to have it here. I'm. I'm like fucking. I am pocket dump city. This is like the pocket dumpiest I've ever been. I have another, I have a, a CRK, uh, CRKT executive. Ooh. I have the executive. Executive a, model. Oh my God. The executives, it's a, it's a flipper. I was at, uh, my place where I got my, uh, shirts, my, uh, all my merch made and they have, uh, have knives and I saw it. It's, it's, it's like the size of a pocket pen hmm. and it looks like a pocket pen, but then you flip it open and it looks like a thing I, I feel like a real the executive or it's either the executive or the ceo i don't know what it was but i was just like yeah that's me so fair enough but fair um enough. yeah yeah so yeah so, so the real question is we don't really carry pocket knives for the purpose um I, I mean i just said i have two pocket knives on me I'm using uh, yeah, you, do, you do for this yeah. shit up you do and and, I, and you make you make your um your folding knife as folders. well yes yeah yeah I want to kind of swap out in from friction folders into uh, uh, slip joint folders at some point. That's something I really want to. Mm. That's something I really want to do. If, if I can figure out a way to do it and it's not so fiddly, fiddly, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely into it. Yeah, 
Okay. Uh, do you want to take the next one from Brendan Meza? Okay. Well, this one was definitely for uh, Mareko. <laughs> so let's just jump over to Brenham Built Knives. Yeah. Hey, fellas, I have a question. So I'm currently using a shop vac for dust collection when doing handle work, wood or G10, etc. I do full tang knives mostly. So my question is when you're grinding the spine on the handle portion and you get some sparks that go down into the shop vac, should I be worried about the sparks smoldering in there? Have any of you ran into that issue? Thanks, boys. So he's using the shop vac for dust collection and Shad, should he be nervous about sparks? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So um, I don't use one like rigged up as a, for dust collection. Um, I basically just got a shop vac and at the end of the day. I'll just, you know, wipe everything up that way. Um, but when I'm when I'm getting to the end, like for a full time life, and I'm getting to the end and I'm coming towards, um, you know, the, the steel there, the handle, um, it's basically so gentle anyway. Um, it's not really sparking as such because it's just, it, I'm doing sort of the lightest passes possible. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, one is that I don't want to heat up that material because it could then either, you know, mark the G10 or mark the, the wood or whatever I'm using for the handle. Um, and secondly, you know, it, 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 yeah, well, it, well, marking and smearing and all that kind of stuff, you do want that. So, yeah, I'm just super, super. Jet- as soon as I'm getting close, I mean, I'm I'm hacking off loads beforehand. But as soon as I'm getting close, then it's just really, really gentle and just like the the slowest passes possible, taking off as little as possible. So, yeah, not generally seeing sparks. Um, but yeah, that it that would be a concern if 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 I was hacking at it and the sparks everywhere, and it is going into a dust collection, you know, a big sort of vat of of dry wood. Obviously, that that is a problem. But um, yeah, when you by the time you get down, you know, get that close to the steel, you should be those passes should be super, super small anyway. Mareko's back. I'm back. Mareko, so sorry, Mareko that. two. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, version two. Yeah, I version made a two. mark of what time he came in, so it's, it's fine, Jeff. It's fine. Don't worry. It's all good. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> I worry. So Mareko, the question is is he uh this guy has uh shop vac and he wonders shall he be should he be worried for sparks if he's using it for steel and wooden g10 uh i would for sure um because yeah i mean ideally like craig was saying hopefully you're not really contacting the wood or sorry the steel is so much that it's kicking up sparks um but there it, it doesn't take very much to accidentally light things off uh, either somewhere along the way in the hose or actually in the vacuum. Um, I uh, What is it? Those cyclone filters is something that people add to the system. So the hose goes to a cyclone and then it goes to the vacuum uh, container. And that helps, um, I think, keeping things isolated. Um, and usually those are made out of metal. Um, but that way it's not either destroying, especially not destroying the vacuum. Um but yeah, I would be concerned about. Yeah, that. He, he's particularly worried about that point where he's grinding away the handle towards the sort of spine. Um, so he's grinding away that wood, and he did, obviously you come into contact with the metal end. So I think he's particularly worried about that that point. You know. Sure, and I mean, honestly, at that point, if you're if you're that close, you know, and I don't know, 
it, it depends on if you're at the beginning or at the end and it's just the lightest passes just to flush it up with the hand or with the tang yeah um, but maybe at, at that point you turn the vacuum off and then you just have like a, a bucket catch underneath um just to get what other kind of whatever kind of dust because um yeah that's for me personally that would be just a little bit too much of a risk to to to, to want to take because it is very easy for something like that to catch on fire if a spark flute gets sucked down inside. Yeah, yeah. And some some steels are going to be different. Some, I mean, carbon sure. steel, you know, that vacuum is going to keep that spark going a little bit longer, right? Than some stainless steels. And you know, like how fast you're going too. Like if you're if you're grit if you're going very slowly, you might not be sending so many sparks out there. Sure. I mean, if you're like yeah. ripping shit and you have a brand new belt and you're knocking it out and you got carbon steel that spark might last a lot longer in that hose so you got to be real careful about that i get real nervous about that shit i'm sniffing all the time yeah oh changing yeah changing out yeah pulling it out putting it back in you know how it is we know how it is but i mean he's talking specifically about the shop back for wood here um the wood stuff i generally don't use like that's at the shop back i'll just i'll just later i'll just i'll just um clean it all up but when i'm when i'm just doing grinding metal um because you know the smell and everything else as well i do have a shop vac but that doesn't go into any sort of container it literally just spuffs it out the door you know yeah, i've got a big pipe in the wall right. and it just goes straight out of the field behind um <laughs> so yeah I, need, I probably need to make sure there's no hay bales or anything underneath that because that could well yeah go go up but that's yeah that's a good point yeah and i'm wondering if obviously a spark is visible and I'm wondering those that aren't visible, where you think, oh, it's safe. I'm wondering, you know, if they're still dangerous. You know, I don't know. Sure. Well, and I usually I just use a bucket underneath my grinder, which works for the most part. Um, mm. There's still very light metal dust particles that don't just fall straight down. They yeah, yeah. they'll flo- they're small enough that they're floating around the air, and that's part of why we wear respirators, right? Yeah. Um, but the stuff that does kind of collect around the bucket or maybe the the countertop or wherever my my grinder is attached to, there are some there are some metal particles that collect and I have seen a spark catch them and then this slow do this like slow burn kind of thing. Um they never jumped out into a flame, but I have seen them uh, catch fire around the edge of the bucket. And that yeah. I, I see that. I Usually I smell it first. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look down at me first to make sure I'm not on fire. Mm. Um, but then I see, yeah, it's some some of that little steel wool, basically. Yeah, when it, clump, when it clumps together. And like you said, it is like yeah. wire wool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I know that what you mean. Yeah, and, and I mean, and honestly, that's on me for just not being more consistent with cleanup. Honestly, I sh- to prevent any of that kind of any of these kind of dangers, should be doing a, a better job of just making sure these little messes are cleaned up so that they don't become a potential hazard that sets your whole shop on fire. Yeah. Speaking of potential hazards, something happened to me today that was very interesting, and I had a nice long conversation with the guys at Even. He talked to Spence for a while. So I was drying some wood. I was drying some wood in my Even Heat at 200 degrees, and all of a sudden. I heard a, a chime that was not what I normally hear. It was mm. uh, set, for, you know, the, I set the oven for 200 degrees for 24 hours. Mm. And I smelled smoke and I heard a chime. Well, the wood caught on fire in the even heat. Oh, shit. And then there was this, on the tap control, there was this thing that says no TC, no kiln. T, no TC in the kiln. 
and I opened the gate, I opened the thing up and it was smolder. The wood was smoldering. And I called up Spence and we had a nice long conversation. And one of the things he says is if you're doing like I'm doing where he said, how, it, the TC is the thermal coupler. So the right. thermal coupler, it slides down to the top and then you have a little bit of, you have whatever the thermal coupler. And then there's some pieces of, you know, uh, ceramic that's holding it together and that's what reads you know that's what reads the temperature in the for the for the tap control so what happens is after a long period of time like he said to me how long you've been using that you think when was the last time you changed the thermal coupler i said i don't know maybe two years ago he's like that's a pretty good run so if you're doing a lot of high heat and he's like you're doing the high Mm. heat stuff like uh, 19 degrees right and i said yeah because of the stainless right so you're doing stainless so i'm doing high heat lots of high heat 200 you know 1900 degrees 1925 he says, what happens is they start to go uh, after two years. You're using them hard. And mm. basically what happened was, was after, you know, I'm luckily, luckily I didn't have it. I usually, when I'm doing any kind of like drawing of wood, I do it while I'm here in the morning. Mm. And then maybe I'll, maybe I'll walk, maybe I'll leave or something like that. I'm not going to do it anymore because what happened was the thermocoupler blew and then when the thermocoupler blows, it just kind of, the temperature it spikes up. didn't regulate the heat. Then, yeah, yeah. But then it stops. That's why even heat's so great is because it doesn't just like shoot to the moon. It went high enough that the, the you know, the, the wood started to catch on fire, like maybe 400 degrees, 500 degrees. Right. And then it a lot, you know, alerted me to the fact that the thermocoupler is dead. So he's sending me a new thermocoupler and I'm going to replace it. But it, what's interesting to know is, especially for guys who, and I'm never going to do it again. You leave it in your you leave it in your kiln all night long, especially if your thermal coupler's old. Mm. You can, I mean, it wouldn't be. A, I mean, the fire wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't penetrate the outside of the even heat. But what'll happen is you'll get some smoke, and then your neighbors are gonna be like, "Yo, yeah, what right. is going on?" It was smoldering in that in that uh, chamber for a while. So. Mm-hmm. It's good to know that they have the fail safe like that because I actually have never thought about that. But that's it, it is very good to know that. Oh. They're set up for that. They're they're on the money. The even heat guys are on the money. But it was really interesting because, like, especially like if you're doing a lot of heat treating, especially high heat, you want to make sure that your thermocoupler is changed every every you know two year year. If after two years, you should kind of like look into it. Mm, Right. I didn't know that either. Actually, they're easy to change. They're very inexpensive. It's two screws and then it just slides it. I've replaced one before. Because I was actually getting poor readings, and they're, you know, and this was years ago before before I was really very involved with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the thermal coupler is very easy to replace, and it's uh, uh, the even heat guys are great. Uh, Important uh, safety announcement. I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's and it's not a, it's not. This isn't like a, uh, this is not a knock on them. This is like that's a normal thing that people. Oh yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, oh, yeah, a sure. lot of us are also hobbyists, so we're not under, we don't understand a lot of the, you know, the ins and outs, the regularity of some of these things. Yeah. And also, you know, so it's one of those things that you want to just definitely keep your eye on. Cool. Okay. Let's do Brandon Meza. Sorry? Let's do Brandon Meza's question. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Marekka, this one's for you then. Um, Brandon Meza said, hey guys, wanted to ask what's the best way to make a brute to forge knife and keeping it straight. When I make them, I straighten them out before any grinding. And and now tatter what I do, it starts to bow. I don't know what he's meant. No matter what I do. No, mm. no matter what I do, it starts to bow and curve. I've tried grinding before and after heat treating, and still can't get a straight blade after. 
Um, also, any recommendations on where I can buy whetstones? Uh, I don't know if Amazon kits are good or just spend money money on some quality stones. Thanks again for the info. Uh, laughs. Maybe an idea. Knife making Karen name should be changed to Cyprus. Ha ha ha. We don't like to mention it, Brandon. Come on now. Um, right, two questions then. Brute de Forge, any tips for getting a straight blade? Uh, and then we'll go on to um, whetstones on Amazon kit, Amazon kits. Right, yeah. So when I'm doing a blade and forging Brute de Forge, uh, I do forge pretty close to dimension because the concept is that you leave some of that forged texture on the knife. And the only way to really accomplish that is that you forge pretty close to what the finished dimension, if not to where the, actually the finished dimension is going to be for your knife so that when you go to then grind away, whether it's a hunting knife or a large... What was that, bro? Jeff? Do you have something to say? Uh, no. <laughs> I was Do you know what? I, I was looking at the screen then. Jeff burped, then muted. Oh, I did? You burped yeah. and then <laughs> muted. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, look, you get the lumps. Like I told you, this is the, fucking, the lump show. This is the lump show. All right. I thought I muted it. I thought I muted it then burped. No. Perfectly typed. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so you're forging really close to finished dimension so that when you go back to grind, you're not grinding necessarily all the way up to the spine. You're grinding short of the spine. So again, you're preserving some of that forged texture um, to kind of retain some of that aesthetic. Um, so that's a brute to forge. The tips from me... Uh, regarding sh- uh, keeping the blade straight, um, I would put it through uh, like a series of normalizing cycles just to help um, reorganize the the grain structure within the steel, like you would normally for any forge blade, even if it wasn't brute to forge. Um, and then, and then put it through a, a temper anneal cycle. So that's basically, um, or uh, sorry, not a temper anneal, but a subcritical anneal, which is letting it soak at like. Uh, 1250 for a couple hours and then letting it coge, uh, coge, cool down with the forge uh, or the kiln, I'm sorry. Um, so that it, it it's a lot more easy, a much easier to machine. It also relieves a lot of stress. Uh, it kind of puts the, the, the carbide structure into what's called, or the, the carbon into what's called a spheroidized anneal structure. Um, um, and so that just helps make it easier to machine. And then when you get to uh, finish grinding. So, sorry, I'm all over the fucking place right now. So after that subcritical anneal, then if I have any grinding I need to do uh, before final hardening, I would do it and then do a final hardening. And and then if something needs to be straightened after that, you know, after you quench, just do your normal straightening stuff. I, th- I think the real key is comes into the final grinding. That's where it's going to be most important in helping to keep the blade straight. And I, I've touched on this before, uh, and I'll talk about it right now. But when you have heat treated out of a forge, you have exposed that blade to high temperatures in an oxygenated oxygenated environment versus heat treating out of, say, a purged environment, which happens in commercial heat treating stuff where it's uh, purged with argon or if you're heat treating out of salts where again the blade as it's coming up to temperature and sitting there and soaking at temperature it's not exposed to oxygen but whenever it's exposed to oxygen it starts to uh, develop forge scale or or uh, and and decarburize decarburizes the outside Mm. what happens when you start to grind that blade after you've you've done the final hardening you've done your temper um you can see all that forge scale or whatever that decarburized material you gotta you want to grind through that but you want to grind through it evenly 
because there's a weird tension. And actually, it'd be a really great question to talk to Laren to better understand what's actually going on. Um, but there's a weird tension that is in that surface of the material between the decarburized, decarburized material that's at the surface and then the the basically you're not decarburized or your good material underneath that decarburized closer to the core in the center of the blade of the center of the cross section. And as you grind through that decarburized material, weird shit happens. I've before I understood that this was happening, I would grind basically all one side. And then I'd look at the blade because I was like super pumped. I thought everything was looking great. And I'd be like, Oh fuck. Because it would have a massive bow in it. Like he's talking about. Mm. So then I'd go and straighten the knife out. I'd get the knife straight, and then I'd go and grind the other side. And then it would bow the other way. And it finally dawned on me that the bowing is a, is, is a result of a weird tension. Like I said, when you grind through the decarb material on one side, the other side that still has decarb for some reason has more tension. And so it pulls the knife, bows the knife to that side that hasn't been ground yet. And so nowadays when I grind... I, I just do a, a light pass on both on one side, then I flip it around, do a light pass on the other side, and I kind of work evenly from side to side until I feel confident that I've gotten through that decarb layer. That decarb layer shouldn't be thicker than maybe 10 thousandths, 15 thousandths at the most. Um, but once you get through that and there's still warps, then that's when you want to spend a little time trying to correct things because now you've gotten through all that decarb that's going to mess with stuff. And, and now you're down to basically where you're going to be at for your finished blade, or at least the finished material that's going to be on your blade and on the surfaces of the blade. And, and then you can kind of more accurately do any kind of straightening. You can do the shim tempering, you can do spine, uh, like softening the spine and then kind of twist, torquing on the blade a little bit there are lots of different ways to approach it but i would wait to do any kind of straightening until you've done your finish grinding but again approach your finish grinding as evenly as possible uh grinding on side from side to side um because until you get through that decarb material the blade is going to be doing weird shit um and so, and and also why I do one light pass on one side and then go to the other side because if I spend even just a little bit too much time on one side, I you can almost see it right away. It started to relieve some of that tension, and now the bow uh, the blade will start to bow or warp. And so you the reason you want to do it pretty evenly is so that you're kind of like working that warp back and forth as you work through that decarb material. Makes sense. Yeah. Does that work? Yep. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Second part to his question is he's on about whetstones. Um any recommendations where he could buy them? Um and um what about the kits on Amazon, he's saying. Yeah, so there are I don't know about the kits. The stones that I've used the most, honestly, are a pretty affordable stone made by uh I don't know who who the company is, but they're called King stones they're a yeah. combination stone and they have them all the way down i think to like hmm, like 220 or something like that and upwards of like 8000 grit the one stone that i have and i've had actually for since 2011 i believe 2010 2011 um is a 1000 6000 combination stone so it's it, each grit is basically glued together into one stone and so one side has 1000 grit the other side has 6,000 grit. Um, that stone, I think you can get for like 
and somewhere between thirty to fifty dollars on Amazon. You can find them pretty readily available. They also sell them on Rockler.com, which is a woodworking website. People are probably using them to sharpen chisels, uh, but they're pretty affordable. What I think what's key, at least for me, for large knives like a, a large chef's knife or something like that, um, I I would want a, a stone with a decently wide surface face. So like something at least two inches wide, if not maybe a little wider. Um, this, just that way that you have more surface area to support the edge um, when you're doing the stone sharpening um, because anytime it's a little bit narrow, things get a little bit wonky and it's easier to mess things up. So with a wider, and we were kind of talking about this uh, a couple episodes back about two inch wide belts versus one inch or three inch or whatever, right? Mm, yeah. So with that surface area, you have more support, which helps with the stone sharpening process. Um, they do make uh, angle guides that from ver- for various angles, I think, I can't remember, but they have a wide range of angle guides. I think those are great if you're new to stone sharpening and want to offer that as part of how you finish my knives on the stone. I'll start on the machine to set, establish the, the geometry, and then I'll always finish on a stone. Um, and and I, I, I don't use guide anymore, or actually, I've honestly never really used a guide. I just have a lot of practice but they do make guides that are very handy uh if you're new to it and it helps you to kind of develop or establish that that feel that muscle memory for stone sharpening because ultimately that's what it comes down to is muscle memory um in regards to different kinds of stones i really prefer wet stones uh oil stones to me get kind of Basically, they get slippery and they get kind of messy. Um, and for my knives, I want to be able to just rinse it off really quick and easy. And I can do that with a whetstone. Um, some whetstones or whatever stone you do end up getting. Because um, sometimes for something in the field, you actually want like an oil stone because they're a little bit smaller, easier to carry around. Um, but what whatever it says you want to uh, kind of like the the fluid medium you want to use, use that. You do not want to... So if it's an oil stone, use oil on it. If it's a water stone, use water on it. You do not want to put oil on a water stone, especially. I think water on an oil stone is probably not as big of an an issue. Um, But if that oil starts to soak into your wet stone, especially if it's a stone that requires being soaked for a long period of time, that can really mess up that stone and the way it cuts and the way it works for you. And it's not ideal. There are also some stones that basically don't need anything, and they're natural stones. Like I have a an Ardan, uh, I'm probably butchering that word, but it's a Belgian blue stone, um, and it's a roughly a four thousand grit stone. When I need to use it, I don't have to soak it or anything. I just spritz it with a little bit of water, and then I'm ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it's naturally super dense, so it doesn't really soak up water um, very well. So you it, it doesn't need that uh time in in a tub soaking yeah um but it is important to use them you you don't really want to use them dry especially if they are water or an oil stone whatever because that that fluid helps to kind of wick away or move away um any material that's coming off of your knife because you are actually you obviously you're abrading the knife on that stone you don't want the stone surface to get loaded up with that steel material because that will, again, it'll affect how it en- actually ends up cutting and how well it works for you over time. And so by using the preferred fluid of whatever kind, um, that will help to keep it clean. Uh, if you do get a combination stone, um, 
you probably, uh, for especially the 6,000 grit side, want to get what's called a Nagura stone, which is this tiny little stone that looks like a, an eraser. But what that does is because the 6,000 grit loads up very easily, it helps to break that side back down and, and open up the surface to new, um, to new stone that you can use to abrade and refine the edge on. And it also makes kind of a mud, like a slurry that acts as an intermediate abrasive that helps with polishing. And it's crazy. Like off those 6,000 grit side, you can take it up to a really nice high, uh, like polish, like mirror polish. But when it comes to culinary knives and honestly, most knives, unless it's a razor, 6,000 is a little overkill. Um, and so yeah, yeah. 1,500 is probably more of a place you want to play because that's a more realistic edge um, for using, especially in a kitchen and against a cutting surface, like a wood cutting board. Yeah, um, I've, I've got a king stone, which I think is 600 and 1200. Um, but I, oh, I, nice. I, to be honest, I, yeah. don't, I don't really use it, but I've just been looking on um, our buddies at Maritime Knife Supply um, and they've got some bench stones and they've got some of the dire sharp bench stones and they've got, uh, they're impregnated with, uh, with diamond. Um, and oh, they nice. they go up to an eight thousand grit. So they started at a one twenty grit, right up to an eight thousand. And they're in stock at Maritime Knife Supply, um, as well as everything else that, that they do: handle materials, steels, abrasives. They sell combat abrasives, for example. Um, go take a look, Maritime Knife Supply dot com. Um, and yeah, they've got they've got a good range of stones there as well. Jeff, are you using stones at all, or is it just on the tomac? Well. Two things I'm sharpening. I had a couple things. One is is for when you were talking about that eraser stone. Mm. Uh, I have the Tormek Japanese wheel, the white one, it, yeah, the white one. It loads up so quick. You have to clean it all the time, yeah, because mm. it's just like. I mean, I love it. I love. I, I'm, I'm I'm all in on Team Tormek these days, which is a shocker. Like, I, I mean, I, I've done a complete <laughs> one eighty. You used to when I talked about mine. You used to hate it every time. I remember it took a long time. Well, like everything else, unfortunately, everything takes a long time to to get good at things. It just takes you can't. Some people just don't get it overnight. And I got the Japanese Waterstone, and what I do to kind of clean it off when it's going is I get a some Scotch Brite, and that just kind of like Mm. a little Scotch Brite, and that kind of takes all the dirt off without changing the grit. Um, I got you, but it's, I mean, that's for the Tormek too. Cause I mean, like you can use the, it comes, the Tormek comes with, uh, two stones, one's coarse and one's uh, fine. And then they say you can use that fine one on the, on the, uh, Japanese water stone, but I was using it some very easy, easy, uh, scotch bright. And that was working great question for you two is, I don't know if you've seen it. And this was a question that had come in uh, a while ago on the podcast and I just I never got to it, but now it seems appropriate. As someone who's asking, have you seen those, there's this new style of sharpening system, you know, now that everyone's, you know, all these gadgets and shit. And it's basically like a, like a, a cylinder. And then you, you, you put your, your knife on, at an angle and yes. you roll the cylinder back and forth against the edge. Oh. And that's, have you seen that? <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, I've It seen looks that. like bullshit to me. Um, yeah, I, I see uh, like Facebook ads all the time. They're always coming up for me. Um, yeah, it's almost like a lipstick, isn't it? And it, you sort of run well, it. It's like a, yeah, like a, almost like a tennis ball can or something. Some, <clears> some yeah, 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 like bigger, yes, yeah. Or a soda can, like a yeah, soda yeah, can, yeah. tennis ball can. What the fuck? 
Yeah. What a elitist I am. Tennis ball. It's like a, it's like a soda can. <laughs> you know, when you're at the country club and you could get all wish. the balls out of the tube. You could have said a lipstick. Yeah. You could have been worse. <laughs> I, I mean, both of us came up with terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible analogies. <laughs> yeah. Lipstick yeah. and tennis balls. There you go. There's your title. Yeah. But um, the stupid th- – so a guy said to me, what do you think of them? And I said, someone's going to cut the shit out of themselves. Mm. So you, 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 have a, you have an angle, the knife with the edge sticking straight up. And then you're rolling this motherfucker back and forth to sharpen. All I can think of is you just start rolling a little bit, and all of a sudden your pinky and bottom of your hand gets, yeah. you know, lopped off. Yeah, they, they they don't look the greatest to me, to be honest with you. No. I, mean, I think the m- worst-looking thing of all. Most I've, of I've these, seen. like, sharpening systems where they're trying to do them, you know, quick and dirty, that's exactly what they are. They're quick and dirty, I think, you know. Um, yeah, they're not good. Not good at all. It's called the the tumbler rolling knife sharpener, oh. and yeah, I, oh I see. So it's got a block that holds the knife at a specific angle, yeah, and then you roll the thing across the edge. Yeah, it's oh Jesus, and it's a hundred bucks. Get yourself a stone. There we go. Come on. Yep. Okay. There you go. Okay, where are we? Uh, Feral boy have- knives. Sorry. Do you want to do Faribault Knives? Sure. Faribault Knives says, here's a question. Can we have an IG story uh, story shop tour from each of you? Hashtag Knife Talk Shop Tour. No. Uh, the next one is JD Forge. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, nobody really wants to see a dirty shop, surely. I, I, uh, I don't know. Um, well, then let's, let's hop up to Speedster Stove. We can, uh, we can do this one. Oh, I missed that. Morning yes, knife, yes, yes. Knife. Uh, morning uh, knife empresarios, uh, tennis elbow, or should I say, speaking of tennis, tennis, or should I, or should it be knife maker elbow? Have you, any of you suffered this? Uh, does anyone have any tips on how to avoid this occurring or how to how to recover from when you get it? Scratching my arse is painful at the moment, uh, so I can't imagine hammering. So tennis elbow, tennis. <laughs> Tennis elbow. Uh, have you ever had tennis elbow? No, never had it. So I, I no, I don't know. Racco, have you had it? Uh, I have not, and I've been foraging for. Are you answering the question? What, are you there? <laughs> you've, he's you've, he's you thinking. There? He's thinking. Are you thinking? Or are you foraging there? for? Foraging for a long, long time. Shall we say? Okay, I think you may have ducked out again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, forging, I'm, we're sitting there with baited breath. How long have you been forging? Oh, there he goes. He's off. He's forging for. Dead air. Start thinking about He's it. going to get his calendar. He's going to get it. He's going to get, <laughs> <laughs> get the tennis ball can and a calendar. Yeah. Uh, tennis elbow sucks. And the crazy part about tennis elbow is it isn't even your elbow. I'm, well, no, it, it's not really your elbow. But it's like this ten. It's like this tendon that snaps over the elbow. So what happens is, is it just like, and the times that I've gotten it, it has not been on my hammer arm. It's been on the. Uh, it was on. The, we know what you're doing with that arm. Okay, we got it. We got <laughs> it. As fun. it has been, I've been playing with the hammer. I've been was, the tennis balls. The, no, no, the managing hand. It's the tong hand. Because you're in these weird positions that you are not used to, especially if you're new at it. So I did get, uh, and then when I got it, it was very, very painful. And it's basically what happens is that tendon's kind of like, 
and obviously I'm not a doctor, I don't know, but it's like snapping across something. So you can get those, um, they're like a neoprene pad. You can get them at like a hardware store, not a hardware store, like a, a drugstore. Yeah. And it's got this neotene lump on it. And then you put that lump on the top. So basically your tennis elbows, it would be on the top of your forearm, the highest point of your forearm. And then you start to push down on it and that prevents it from like snapping across whatever it's snapping across. And they, it looks like a garter belt, but it just goes over like the top of your forearm and with the, with the lump on the top they they work like mir- they're miracle workers and generally speaking from what i understand and i've had it i had it a couple times i haven't had it in a number of years which i'm grateful for knock on wood but um it just kind of goes away with you know as long as you don't aggravate it but those neoprene braces are dynamite for mm. uh, an immediate situation gotcha medical advice as well we got it all going on um, balls and new balls, please. Yeah, um, we'll do a couple more. Uh, BK Messer, um, can I ask you a question? I've been uh, catching up on a few older episodes, and in the Handyman episode, uh, Craig mentions that he gets his knife blanks laser cut by Eurotechni. Um, I was wondering if you have to ask them for this service specifically, because on their website, I can't find anything about it. Um, so Eurotechni, I was using in conjunction with a laser cutter. So Eurotechni supply the steel. Um, so they, they, they've got, you know, big sheets of steel, you know, huge sheets. Um, so it just worked out a lot cheaper for me to get my own steel and ship that to the, to the laser cutter. So they weren't actually doing the laser cutting themselves. Um, but I don't know where you are, uh, BK Messer in the world, but here in Europe or even in the States, we can help you out. Um, we talked about last week, knife print. Um, so it's, a, it's an online CAD system, basically. And if you're doing any sort of laser cutting or water jet cutting, you're going to need to learn how to use this because that's the file that they'd need. Um, but you can use knife print. You don't have to download any, you know, software. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply where there's no huge license fees um it's just all in the browser um but they can actually do the cutting for you as well so once you've designed it and this it's super easy to use the the tools and they've got like a whole educational part showing how to use it um which is free as well um but then you can you can sort of render it so you see exactly how it would look you pick the steel you want the thickness um and you press print almost as if it's like a little printer in your house and through the post you'll get your your blanks cut um, so if you've never had blanks cut before, this is a perfect way to sort of, you know, dip your foot into it as well. Um, and that's knifeprint.com. Um, but yeah, Eurotechni, as you mentioned there, they, they were basically steel suppliers. They, I was using them to get big, big sheets of steel. So I was getting, you know, so five, six hundred cut at a time. And it works out a lot more economical if you get these big sheets. Um, but yeah, go take a look at knifeprint.com. They're about to launch um, version two of their editor as well, which is going to make it even easier again to do things like, you know, skeletonize your handles and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. It's awesome. Go take a look at knifeprint.com and you can get your blanks cut there too. Look at you. Look at you. Answering questions, being helpful. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. There we go. We, got, we have listener feedback. Let's do some feedback. I like that. Yeah, let's do it. 
let's do some listener feedback. So, guys, listen. You even want to interact with the show. You say, I got listener feedback to tell you. I'm here in Cyprus. I got something to tell you. <laughs> you go to Instagram, uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and you can shoot us DMs. We do a lot of, I mean, that's where I ask for, you know, in the stories, I'll usually around, uh, I would say, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll start to, like, hammer people for new questions and dilemmas and, and our new bit, uh, why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? So the first listener feedback comes from our friend, Kyle Daly, K.H. Daly. <laughs> ah, okay. We were talking about two episodes ago, we were talking about those uh, carbide hammers, and he, he, I told him not to say anything. I said, I said, don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. And he piped in. He says, Jeff, thanks for the shout-out of the podcast. I had one thing, if you wouldn't mind mentioning on the show. I just got a scam phone call from someone pretending to be the Blade Show Hotel Reservation Company. Oh. They wanted me to complete my reservation and give them my credit card information again. <sighs> when questioning them, they didn't know what hotel I had booked, didn't have any reference numbers. And when I said I had the confirmation number, they quickly said, okay, and hung up real quick. Please let people know to be very careful and don't give them any more information than they need for stuff like this. Hearing more and more people getting charges and stuff like this. Hope you have a great year. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm assuming they've had some sort of leak, a data leak there. If they're getting phone numbers and stuff like that, people who have booked tickets for Blade. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, everybody, you know. It's take heed. scams are so bad, you know, I, it, without getting too, too much into it. I, I, I moved my mother into a place and she's safe and she's being taken care of and stuff like that. And, mm. and we moved her out of her apartment and I'm working with the social worker who's been fantastic. I got a funny story about the social worker. I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, and um, I'm kind of dealing with the finances. We're just starting to tighten everything up and stuff like that. And I was over at her bank talking to the person we were looking at some weird charges and there was a charge for, you know, from this company. And I was just like, what is this, this ongoing charge? Turns out it was like a dating app site. Oh. And he says, well, maybe your mother's on a dating app. And I said, bro, my mother is in a bed. She has been in a bed for years. Yeah. She's not on a dating app, I can guarantee you. But it was like this, you know, they just, these companies will get your information. And and, she, and I said, and she hadn't had a, you know, she hadn't had a computer yeah. to get buy things in years. You know, she hasn't been doing stuff on online at all for years and years. <laughs> So we got rid of it, but it's like there are these companies that are just scum, and yep. there are people who will do whatever it takes, and there are dopes who would probably give your credit card information. Yeah, it always amazes me when you get these, you know, these phishing emails where they, you know, they say they're from PayPal or from your bank or whatever. Um, you just click this link and give us, you know, right. sign in with your password. And it's just like, but they're always done so badly, you know, they're like the English is really bad, or right. you know, the the font is red or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, me think you're, me think you're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but every now, every now and again, you do get one and it looks so real, you know, and you just think, you know, they're never going to do that. They're never going to ask for your password and all that kind of shit anyway. But yeah, you can see how people get sort of hoodwinked into it. And, um, and I think especially now, cause we're all using these like microservices for things where, you know, we're paying, you know, two ninety nine a month for one service, five ninety nine for Dropbox and Netflix and Spotify, all these things. It's easy then, you know, to have another sort of, Nine ninety nine going out to your account every month without you even knowing for years, you know? Yeah, it is worrying. The easiest thing that I've been doing lately with emails is I'll uh, I'll check out the I'll check out the email address. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's usually like ZB89, yeah. 42, <laughs> exactly, 37 yeah. at, you know, fuckyou.com. Yeah. It's, it's usually like something like clearly. But that's not a full safe either because they can, you know, sort of clone the the original email address as well. And so it looks as if it really is coming from Netflix or wherever it may be as well. So, yeah, that's not, a you know, a definite cert that it's genuine. So, yeah. Just, and I'll bet knife. I'll bet knife. People going down to Belayed Show are hot to get their shit squared away. I bet they're giving. Mm. I bet knife guys are giving their their credit card information away left yeah. and right. I bet. I bet Kyle. I bet I give it. I Kyle. I don't think you're telling me a whole truth. <laughs> you got scammed. I think you canceled the credit card. Tell the truth, Kyle. Tell the truth. Um, so Kyle's good dude. Kyle also has a podcast called The Knife Perspective. The Knife Perspective podcast. Uh, it is a podcast on uh, the internet. So go listen to Knife Perspective with my boy, my boy. Cool. My boy, Kyle Daly, who's giving his credit card away, ladies and gentlemen. You yep. call him. Give him a call. You'll <laughs> buy your groceries for you. Don't worry, don't worry about it. You don't mind uh, canceling credit cards left and right. The next we, one comes. We appreciate the heads up on that because, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of our listeners who are maybe on that list, you know, awaiting oh, a call. So, yeah. Dude, you know. Appreciate yeah. That. So, guys, listen up. Listen up. Don't be a sucker. Yeah. Uh, I started asking questions. Next one comes from John Robeson. Robeson says, hey, guys, just heard the all beef review, and I really appreciate the advice on steel. He said that he lives in Hawaii, and he has a hard time getting stuff sent in bulk. And we, you know, especially steel to different places, and we said mm-hmm. that, you know, call them up and see if they'll shove, shove it in a, in a flat rate box. That is definitely, if you are far away from someone and you want to see if you can make things happen, you know, calling up a small business and saying, can you shove it in a flat rate box usually works. Yeah. Yeah. Naren, okay. Before we do another, just one second. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. We look after you guys, don't we? 15%, that's good. Okay, go for it. Naren McDonald, our good friend, Naren McDonald. We got to meet him at Maker Camp. Says, hello, gentlemen. I would like to contribute to the ever-so-educational topic of the taint. (laughs) (laughs) Every few episodes, this comes back up. Dude. Testicles, balls, assholes, cloacas. That's the what that's what brings that's in what the audience resonates with our listeners. <laughs> um the uneducated the educated topic of taint by calling the term nacho. Nacho is also <laughs> acceptable because that area is nacho ass and nacho ball. So another <laughs> word for the old gooch. The uh. old gooch. Pat Stoneman says. Pat Stoneman says, great show again. I'm very glad Morocco got away from all the customs, the custom orders. He said a couple episodes ago he's not taking custom orders anymore. Uh, Benny Knives and Tool, uh, Benny Tools and Cutlery says, bit of advice for the why me, why me, why me segment regarding tight pins. We talked to there a number episode ago, uh, why me, why me, why me. It was about the fact that you have pins and you dry fit everything, and then you get the a, the uh, epoxy in, and then all of a sudden everything's tight, and you're fighting everything. Yeah. He says, clean out the holes pre-glue up with a carbide chucking reamer. Carbide chucking reamer. So mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. 
check it out. Yeah, I think they're just like bits made to a much higher tolerance and they, they look slightly different, but yeah, okay, cool. The other thing is, is with pins and stuff, there are bits, and I know that you could just use, I'm sure that you could try to figure out the one sec size up from uh, in millimeters, but there's also, if you're in the United States or you're using the regular way of measuring, which is like quarters and 64ths <laughs> and 900ths and all that, you can get uh, letter bits. And the letter bits are just a hair, a fraction, just a tiny bit uh, uh, t- higher. So you you it, they give you a little bit of room. Mm. Okay, cool. Legacy Blade says, what an honor to be the first why me, why me, why does this always happen to me segment. Appreciate you guys spending time with troubleshooting tips. I was mentally going through the checklist of all that you named stuffed. So basically he was, this uh, Legacy Blades was saying that he had, he gets marks on his blade and he couldn't figure out why. And we were saying that maybe there's something on his platen or the platen is domed or it's got a scratch on it or it's got Pyrex sometimes. And then he says, uh, I checked everything, good pressure, sharp belts, got to inspect the platen. There was this tiny amount of kydex that had melted onto the platen for shaping sheaths, oh. creating a slight high spot. I took some 1,000-grit sandpaper and gently got it cleaned off, and now we're running nice with square lines again. Case closed, job well done, CSI knife talk. So Nice, okay. We uh, we, we, we helped him out. Good stuff. Actually helped good him stuff. out. I hope he used Indasa Rhino Wet. Um, as a sandpaper, because if you're if you're going to use sandpaper, you've got to use Indasa Rhinoet. It's what we all use. It's the best stuff. Right. Um, they sell it at Texas Fire Supply, which is TexasFireSupply.com, uh, where they sell not just Indasa. They sell everything you'd possibly need, uh, whether you're a a bladesmith, a farrier, whatever you may call yourself. They've got it all there, and you'll get ten percent off your order if you use Knife Talk ten. So that's at TexasFireSupply.com. Go fill up your basket with lots of Indasa Rhinoet because it's the shit. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple more, and these are directed towards me, and I, I guess I have to. I have a couple apologies to make. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Stephen Rist says, Ah, dear Jeff, a very important remark from a hurt Austrian soul. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is Austrian, not German. This is very important to us living in a small mountainous country where the only relevant people were Mozart and Arnie. And Adolf, and Adolf Hitler, but we Australians. This is the He's part. the black sheep of the family. Yeah, this is how great this guy is. Goddamn, I don't, number one, Stephen. I don't remember when I said that he was German, but he goes, he goes. Uh, all the relevant people like Mozart and Arnie, and then in parentheses goes and Adolf Hitler, but we Australians think of him as German. <laughs> that's funny. Now that's funny. Cheers from Austria, and thanks for all you do and your team for the podcast. Uh, Stefan, Stefan Rist. And then <laughs> nice. Stu Lynn says, God damn it, Jeff, I'm from New Zealand. Definitely not part of Australia. That's like saying you Amer- you're an American and you live in Saskatoon. So I apparently, I don't know the difference between Germany and Austria, and I don't know the difference between uh, Australia and fucking New Zealand. <laughs> I mean, geography is me. not our strong point here. Yeah, to be fair. So, I mean, I, I mean, I said to St- Stefan that, uh, you know, my family was from Austria, and I, I, I can't believe that I thought he was German. I might have been just, you know, quick off the mouth. But uh-huh. Stu, you're out, man. I didn't know you were Australian, I mean, <laughs> frankly, and sorry. I mean, uh, now I know you're from New Zealand. God there we bless go. You. There we go. You know? And if you said I was from Saskatoon, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> people think. I mean, uh, people think people think that I'm from New Jersey. Good. 
<laughs> Connecticut, New Jersey. I don't give a shit where you think I'm from, you know? So there you go. There we go. Okay, okay. I want to tell everybody quickly about Dharma Steel before we shoot on. Um, if you're looking for a, um, a stainless Damascus, um, Dharma Steel is the stuff to use. Uh, if you go to dharmasteel.se, you'll see all the beautiful, beautiful patterns they've got. Their Dharma Steel lab on Instagram as well, and you'll see the kind of stuff people are doing. Real sort of high-end special stuff. Um, and we can get you 10% off too. If you register for an account at dharmasteel.se and use Knife Talk at checkout, you get 10% off your order too. Uh, so yeah, go take a look at Dharma Steel. They're good, good people too. Okay, well, where are we? What have we got? We, Should we go back to questions? We can do that. Or we also have a why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? Let's do that then. All right. Why me, why me, why does this always happen to me? So this this bit is something that happens and you it happens either good or bad. You don't really know. You can't explain it. It always happens. You just don't know. And we're gonna here to we're here to help you. We're here to figure it out, figure it out. So this one comes from Magic Kick Knives. Hey guys, I got a, and I don't think I'm saying it right, but I'm, I apologize. Hey guys, I got a question for you. Have you ever been shocked while grinding in a, with a small electric shock? I've noticed that uh, when I'm grinding on slack J flex belts, I often get electric shocks, usually not very strong, probably half as bad as an electric fence, if that. I was just thinking that it might be some sort of static buildup. Just wondering what your thoughts are. And if you, this ever happened to you before, also listening to you guys trying to get my name right is gold. I think Mareko has got, come the closest. So, um, Magic Kick, you're going to have to send me another one because, I mean, I when we get the DMs, I got to throw, I got to erase them after I use them because yeah, otherwise it's just a zoo. I can't hold on to the conversation. Mm. So, I think it's Magic, isn't it? Isn't it pronounced Magic? No, it's no? M A J M A J K I C. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely get them, and I'm pretty sure it's static shocks from where you've got the, as you said, the lining of a of a belt going around, hitting that metal, and just building up static. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, yeah, I get it a lot, a lot. Um, thankfully, I wear these really kick-ass rubber shoes, and they keep me from dying. Um, Worst shoes on. The- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do just think it's static. Um, I assume your um, your grinder is earthed in some way. If not, make sure it is earthed because you you could kill yourself. But um, if if you're not be you know if if you're not dying, it probably is just static. Yeah, he's back. Morocco is back. Hello, back. So Hopefully. you were saying you've been forging for, and then you stopped. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you left you us. Said, I've been forging for. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Do you really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm Jesus. I was talking for a long time then. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been, I've been forging for 10 years uh, and yeah, I've never had any issues with forging elbow or blacksmith elbow. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. There we go. We'll, we'll sneak that back and we'll sneak <laughs> there we go. So get it just reverse. It so uh, I feel so terrible. I don't okay. know what the fuck's going on with this. All right. Piece of crap computer. We, this is the lump show. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've ju- we've just had um, a why why me kind of thing, and um, the guy okay. was saying he's getting shocks, um, small electric shocks from his grinder, um, and we were just sort of trying to drill down what it could be, and I think maybe static from where the belt's going around, building up a static electricity with a platen, um, sure. and yeah, when you touch a bit of metal, you just get you know it's just a little, little sort of nine volt buzz from it, you know. 
Yeah, I think um, also if it's a variable speed, did he say if it's variable speed or not? He didn't yeah. actually, no, no. Yeah, if it's a variable speed and it's not properly ground, then um, that also can happen. There you go. I've felt it when I'm using, uh, if I, it actually, t- when I touch like the, <laughs> on the broadback, the, uh, the uh, I think it's static. But it's I, okay. I get sometimes I get a little build up and then if I touch one of the knobs on the side, I'll get a little zap. And then I also used to get it a lot if I was using a Trizac belt, which I don't use anymore. And I had a I had a uh, Pyrex Platin. I'd get that shit all the time. Interesting. But then I wouldn't you know, and then some days I don't I don't get it at all. But uh, I hear you. Yeah. So why me, why me, why does it always happen to me? <laughs> Fucking, why, uh, we don't know. Why does it always <laughs> rain on me? Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to questions. So I've just scanned them, and there's there's one which is quite juicy. I think we should we can get into um, from Ash Edwards. Um, hey guys, I've got a question for the podcast. Um, do you feel you have a healthy work life balance? He says he's an Aussie guy. He could be from New Zealand. Jet doesn't know the difference. But uh, <laughs> um, he's married. He's married. Uh, no kids. He said, which is a mutual decision. Um, he said he's in the last year of his thirties. I switched from working long hours in the farming and hospitality industries to now concentrating on making custom kitchen knives. I'm not 100% full-time yet, but certainly heading in that direction. I hear you guys talking about uh, working some serious hours every week. I also put some hard hours in, but if the fish are biting or someone suggests firing at the barbecue and cracking a cold beer down the beach, he's out the door. He's, he's a typical Australian by the sounds of things. With some zinc on the tank. Uh, yeah. yeah. He says, I work less, I earn less, but my mental health is, health is bloody fantastic and he's loving life. Um, what do you all do to relax and forget about work? That's a good question because I think the three of us are going to have very, very different answers for this too. Let's start, let's start with Jeff. Let's start with Morocco. We haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> I go to Hawaii. That's what I do. I <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, I, I try to find um, a, a way to still be productive, but for it to be more fun. So like I said, I was at Neil's and I was there working. I wasn't a lot of people like, oh, cool. You're going to Hawaii. I'm like, I'm not. I'm in a shop the whole time. Yeah. Um, and so um, and, and having kind of. I had a conversation with my brother-in-law, actually. He helped give me some good insight. Um, and I was talking about how I was really stressing out about my back order list and, and all the work that I have going on. It just was getting to a point where it felt like a grind and, and, and was extremely unenjoyable. Um, and he said, I think what you need to do is just build in a little bit of time for yourself every week so that you have your own personal side project that you're working on for your own personal well-being, mental health, whatever, or your own personal exploration, whatever it is. Uh, But build in some time for you so that it helps keep things fresh a little bit. So it's not always just grinding, grinding, grinding on other stuff for other people. Um, And so that was definitely something I took to heart and have have put into play that's helped me a lot um and when it comes to finding that work-life balance uh especially with the family and and i got a six-year-old kid uh you know jeff met victor and sarah oh i think he actually maybe met sarah before but um at maker camp and so i've i've started trying to do events and things where i can incorporate my family i bring them with me Mm -hmm. um 
And sometimes that's really great. Sometimes it can be also a little bit stressful, especially when I'm struggling with trying to have like my, my teacher hat on, uh, but then also still wearing the dad hat and husband hat um, uh, in a place that's not home and in others, you know, in other people's environments. Uh, but it still has been better than what we were doing before, which was just like leaving the wife at home. And she has to deal with the kid. Uh, and then I go off gallivanting around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's better for our relationship as well, because, you know, it's just, I, I don't think that it would take a very special couple for that to be perfectly okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, about you, Craig? Mine is very, very different. So um, three, four years ago, um, my career was basically almost halted. Um, you know, it was all planned and we had we had our twins. Um, but it, in my particular situation, my wife earns far more than I could ever earn making knives. Um, so my role has been the sort of the stay-at-home dad, I suppose. Um so, I mean, she works from home too. So we're both in the house, but honestly, you know, she can't have the children while she's working. So I'm with the children. We've since had another baby, which is extended this time now. Um, so it's it's just an eternal frustration for me that I don't get enough time in the shop. And it's a bit embarrassing to be hosting a knife talk show, um, talking about knives, where I'm generally doing probably 12 to 15 hours a week in the shop. That's all. Um, and that, and it's been like that for, you know, for way too long now. Um, and it's a massive frustration of mine. Um, and particularly this time of the year in the winter, um, because, you know, whereas you, know, you go to the shop in the evening to do some work, it is, you know, it's bitter cold out there. It's, you know, it's, it's minus five, minus six. It's, it's too cold to do any meaningful work out there. Um, so my hours are really, really reduced down. So it's, it's just a, a a, a massive frustration for me. Um, when I, and I do find when I've got maybe three or four days where I can go in there, I completely love it and I fall in love with it all again. Um, but then, you know, life, <laughs> I need to get back to life and all the rest of it. And I'm back to my sort of 10, 15 hours a week. Um, so it's, it's, it's a real struggle. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty creative. I've got, I've got a bunch of other sort of hobbies as well, um, which, you know, that, so everything when I'm not with the children, everything is sort of vying for my time. Um, and yeah, it's so, you know, you talk about, um, you know, mental health and but, but you are very happy and I feel it the same way. I'm very, very happy. Um, but I've always just got this frustration that I'm, I'm not doing as much as I should or as much as I want to be doing. Um, and that's not just knife making. That's, that's, you know, other sort of creative endeavors as well, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm in a completely opposite situation uh, to you, Ash, where you don't have kids yet, and you, you know you, you're enjoying the time. Um, but yeah, everybody, everybody's in a different situation, aren't they? I think I think that's the thing, and it's and it's trying to make it happen without breaking other things in your life. You know, you you know you want a, you want a happy marriage, you want happy kids, um, and you want to do good, meaningful work too. And that fine balance is it is really really difficult and frustrating, but. Um, yeah, you just got to do what you can, unfortunately. Um, Jeff, what about what about you? You, you? I mean, you're very different. Um, you've got you know an older kid, and you'll put you put the fucking hours in. Let's face it. I, it changes have been made over time. Mm. As my daughter's gotten older, there's been you know, it, I I the last shop the last metal shop I was in, you worked, you working 
five, six days a week was normal. Yeah. And I really felt like to get fader knives going, I needed to put in extra hours and extra time. And then when I got my shop away from the house, I felt as though it wasn't easy as, as easy for me to work late at night at here. You know, I had to be home. Yeah. And then at the house shop, I could, you know, do noodle around, you know, sometimes at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. It wasn't a big deal. I can't come all the way over here and do that. So I spent a lot of Saturdays here and I spent a lot of time just because I really felt in order for this to work, I, we needed to make, I needed to make a sacrifice of time. And then the pandemic changed a lot and the pandemic, my daughter was alone a lot and it was, she was going through it and it was really hard for her. And I really wanted to make sure that I was spending more time with her. So I stopped working weekends and I really spent my time wisely with her and it really paid off. Um, I got the work done any, I got the work done anyway. And it was something that was like the last three years have been really, really great. And now she's getting ready to go to college. And I don't feel like I, I don't feel like that I missed out on anything. Mm. Like we've been doing a lot of driving. This kid is totally ready to get a driver's license. We've been having laughs and fun and we've been doing a lot of great things. And I'm very, very grateful for the time that I've been spending with my daughter, especially now that she's, you know, look, you get older and then shit happens. And all of a sudden you're just like, where did the time go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In regards to my personal health, um, mental health, and I know you don't want to hear it, exercise has been something that has transformed me mentally. And now it's no longer about in the beginning. It was just like, I want to get back into shape. I want to run the New York city marathon. I dropped some weight, feeling good, feeling great. And now it's like it doing it. You know, I do, I do the Peloton at like five thirty-six in the morning. It's made my days infinitely better. I handle stress better. I'm, fired up i'm in a great mood it's been like unbelievably good so the work that was exercise has been something that has been a really game-changing situation for me and it, and it isn't just like how i look or feeling good every day is like the most important thing and aging gracefully now that craig is what do you what do you say you were 51 52 you're a little older than me <laughs> close enough it's, yeah i'm you know what's funny i was just interviewed uh jason knight he's only i'm only a year younger than he is i was just like i thought I was like, yeah, guy's gray i figured i'm old i figured i'm much he's one year older even like my brother now he's like i'm like a little bit of just a little bit younger than he is i'm like jesus christ so um <laughs> i think it's important to also be disciplined if you're disciplined with your time and your energy and organized you can figure out ways in which to get it all done like i'm not scurrying when i get to the shop i'm not scurrying around i know exactly what i'm doing and it's like you, you, when you're organized and you're disciplined, all of a sudden, a lot of the, you know, the railings go away and then you know exactly what you need to get done and you're not as stressed out about it. So I don't have any stress, frankly. I mean, deadline, I just looked at my, my, my custom list. I have four. I'm, I'm, I have four left. I, 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 we were up, up in the fucking, we were up a hundred and nice. it was like scary. And now I got four. And I'm like, this is the most it's ever been like that. Been, and it's just been discipline and, and hard work and feeling good about myself. And, you know, I don't fool around too much. Um, I don't fool around at all. 
<laughs> so I, I don't have, I've been doing meditating at night now. And of course I do this goddamn meditation at night. Cause it's my mother's this thing with my mother's driving me nuts and the, the bills and the, this and the, that and the other thing. So Hillary said, well, you know, Peloton does a belt, a meditation. Why don't you just try that? So this whole week, You've been I've been fucking the with the cosmos. <laughs> I've been, I've been fucking with the cosmos. I do the meditation <laughs> and guess what happens? I'm fucking up at three o'clock in the morning. So every night, I say, Hillary says, how's the meditation going? Like, I haven't had a good night's sleep yet. So yeah. it's going great. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> to go back to Ash's original uh, post, it said everybody's got a different situation. Um, and he says he's working less, he's earning less, but his mental health is bloody fantastic and he's loving life. I think if you're paying your bills, um, you've got no worries sort of financially. Fucking yes, don't feel any sort of guilt about that because that's sure that's what we're all here to do, to enjoy life, you know? And that that if that's if you're enjoying life and you don't have the stresses of these other things, fucking yeah, appreciate it and just love it. Why not? This is the this is the least stressed I've ever been in my life since I've had fader knives. Great. But nice. I mean I've been way more stressed out being the second to lead guy at a metal shop where I'm I can't sleep at night because I wondered if I have enough fucking three thirty seconds bits in the drill box. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was far more stressful to me. Like maybe the rail maybe I welded the railing up, maybe the railing's not gonna fit. Yeah. That was way more this is like easy. Yeah. Well, and I, at the beginning of your, your your answer, Jeff, you were starting to say, you know, I know you guys don't want to hear it, but exercising has really helped. It, it is literally scientifically proven that exercise will help relieve whatever that built up stress is in your body and, and helps kind of distract your mind from it and release endorphins. And even though it's hard work, by the time you're done, you feel accomplished. Like it's all positive to do it. It's just a matter of doing it consistently. And, and I know that from things I've read and interviews I've listened to and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's part of what inspired me to try to do more to kind of get into better fitness and shape. And so I've got the eating habits down now. I'm still in a good place with all that and now it's about taking that next step with physical activity and honestly uh, i think netflix has like a yoga series it's just like 30 days of yoga or some shit like that with some chick i don't know but it's it's surprising it's like very accessible very straightforward um and you can start it from knowing nothing and it's a good workout it's like I, I i was even commenting to my wife the other day uh because i did it the first day i got back um just to help with like my back and to do some stretching and, and stuff but it is kind of like exercise yoga mm. and the next day i was like holy fuck my abs are so short they're sore and like my my hamstrings and my glutes were super sore too and it, and i wasn't doing hardly anything i was doing this basic yoga shit and it tells it shows me right there that I, I definitely have a, a a little bit of work to do before I get back to you know where I was when I was a lot more athletic and fit mm -hmm. and I, like I've talked about on the podcast before I, I just got a new shot put in discus I want to start doing kind of like these low key like ba uh, simple like local shop put in discus competition things or, or possibly get into Highland Games activities but to do that. I got to get myself moving again. I got to get more active, but that all plays into doing things for yourself that again, whether it's time in the shop to yourself or doing things positively for yourself, for your mental health, for your physical health. So I have a six year old kid. I, I want to still be able to run around with that guy when he's 25 years old and I'm whatever, 55 years old, you know? And so, 
um, I'm trying to think about the long game with him. And if, and if he, you know, has kids eventually, then like being able to run around with those kids and stuff like that, uh, if I live long enough for that, at least. And so, um, I'm just, I'm trying to think about those things and the simple things I can do. And again, Jeff, I thank you for the inspiration because it has been pretty cool to watch you, your transformation and, and to hear the updates and stuff like that. Um, and I don't try to proselytize. I, just, you're not. Fact, no, you, I know is, you don't. I know you is, don't. Is like the, and, and, you know, I've even stopped with the getting on the scale because it's like, that's really, once again, it's a journey and, and I'm enjoying the journey. So I don't worry okay. about that. You know who's on the Peloton train, Craig? You know who's a new to Peloton? Who? My new Peloton buddy. Who's that? Jimmy DeResta. Really? Oh, nice. Jimmy DeResta is on the Peloton train. Did he make his? <laughs> I had a lot of long conversations about it with him. I mean, he's, 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 I, I, I see what he's working out. He's on the Peloton. We, I was telling, he and I were t- telling who, what, which instructors we like. And yeah, well, you know, lame. it's that time of the year where the, you know, the TV is full of adverts for, you know, gyms and, and, and all that. There's a Peloton ad on last night. And every time I see it, I'm like, I, t- I definitely have one. If I get, if I get them over here, I definitely have one. And it said, after the first year, 91% of the subscribers resubscribe for the second year. That's impressive, isn't it? That's... It's a fucking content machine. It isn't yeah. about the fucking Peloton. Yeah, it's exactly. about the yeah. goddamn... 91% of people subscribe for a second year. That's that's amazing stat. So I'm thinking, it, you know, people are loving it, clearly. And, you know, if you can exercise and enjoy it, you know, it's got to be good. I, I'll tell you a funny story. I did a ride this morning. I'll, I I'll be the judge off. on it, whether it's a funny story. Go on, then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's a guy, by the, there's an instructor, his name is Cody Rigsby. He's funny. He's really funny. And he said, I'm putting on some music, and if you have children, you better put your earphones on. Because I don't want to have to explain, or I don't want you to have to explain to your kids what wet ass pussy means. And it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And it was like, it was fantastic. And and sometimes they go a little bit off the cuff, and sometimes they are just hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, you have to explain to your children what wet ass pussy means. I don't have, it's not me. Cardi B, it's not nice. my fault. Okay. I'm warning you. I like it. So it's yeah. funny. You know, if I could get one over here in France, I definitely would. Um, but the, yeah, they do, they don't do them here, unfortunately. But uh, uh, but yeah, because they they also do the running machine as well now, don't they? Oh, I want one so bad. Tony has one, and I want it so bad. Yeah. I did the. Uh, there was a crossover, and, and it was a training for the marathon. And there was one with Ashton Kutcher did these this interview show. Actually, it was an interview show where they're they're talking, they're doing the workout and interviewing on the pelotons. So it's like a podcast, but imagine they're breathing heavy. <gasps> so what did you, <laughs> which actually for a Peloton, it was awesome. But for like, I mean, you couldn't listen to it if, if you weren't paying attention, but yeah, it was yeah. just like, that's the next thing is, <laughs> is to do, uh, but they're, they're, they take your time away from it. And you know, you all of a sudden you're over and it's a sweat, huge sweat. Like here's an example tomorrow. I'm taking the guys, the whole team is the Christmas party. And I'm taking the whole Fader and I've seen David and Tony and AZ. And we're all going to go down to um, Chinatown. So we're going to, it's Lunar New Year. We're going to go down to Chinatown for a, oh, yeah. for a Christmas party. I got little gifts for them all and you know, all this, that, the other thing. But I'm going to do a fucking long ass Peloton tomorrow morning 
before I get on the train because I want to be hungry, but also I'm going to eat some bullshit. So I want to make sure that I got like a <laughs> wired up, ready to go. Yeah. I want a 45 minute w- workout before I, before I eat some fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Nice. Shall we call that a day? Um, I, I think we've got some, we've got a question from your, from David who works with you, haven't we, for the after show? Wasn't he asking yeah. something? Wasn't he shouting yeah. over the mic earlier? Yeah, okay. that's right. We do have a question from David over the mic. He doesn't have the balls to put it in the DMs, but we'll you give it straight from the horse's mouth. Okay. Um, before we go, I think Marek needs to tell everybody about his grinder and his his special platen which they've made. I love my grinder. My grinder is a Broadbeck grinder, and I love the thing because it's. I've said it a million times, but it, it is like the Swiss Army knife of the shop. Um, I used it actually. I was just sharpening some knives for uh, for my sharpening thing that I do, and it's great to start them on uh, the hard platen and then follow up with the buffing arm right there. And it takes two seconds to swap them out. Um, they have all kinds of different tool arms, from a surface grinder to a disc sander to a buffing arm to a large slack belt to an integral grinding platen to a small wheel attachment to all kinds of different stuff. And one of the platens is a platen that I collaborated with them on to have extra depth behind the platen and behind the slack for heavily contoured handles and shaping. And it's called the Maraco Deep Platen, um, which you can also get from them. Um, and if you already have a platform of some sort, a chassis that you you love working with and you don't need a new chassis, they, their tool arms are cross-platform. So you can still get their different tool arms and use them uh, on your chassis. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com and you put in Knife Talk 200, uh, that'll save you 200 off any of the grinder packages, whether it's the Max, the Premium, or the Mega. And then if you put in uh, additionally, either uh, or sorry, also Knife Talk 100, that will save you $100 on the sharpening system as well as their surface grinder and the leather sewing machines. So go check them out. They're great guys. They're knife makers, making grinders for knife makers. Uh, so they really understand the tool and what it what it should be able to do and how it should be used. Uh, and they've designed a great machine around that. Uh, so yeah, go give them some love. BroadbeckIronworks.com. There we go. Okay. Thank you all for listening. We should speak to you all very, very soon. Hello, welcome to the after show. Introducing Spreadem. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Any situation. whoa. What's going on? Featuring fuck. the paper. Knife Talk is sponsored Combo. by oh, Abraham. Let's turn that down. What the fuck is going on? The this lump is the show. Lump, the lump show. Jeez. Uh, sorry, I pressed a button and it, it went crazy. Yeah. Okay. I like them all off. I think it's great that you can you set everything off? Yeah, all at once. Hit yeah. Them all. Hit everything. You ready? Wait there. Wait yeah. there. You ready for this? Yeah. Knife Talk is sponsored by Quizzicum. You're listening to the Knife <laughs> Talk Podcast. That actually is outstanding. That's outstanding. Jeez. That was only that was only two pages. This is six pages of them. That was only two of I them. I forgot about turn it up. Yeah. Let me just pull have off a, the knob. Let's you have, have that one still? What have we got? Uh, what have we got? We had um Mufasa, you know we finally here, right? What the fuck is this? It's Friday then. It's Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, what? It's Friday then. It's Friday, Sunday, what? 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 It's
what else we got? Let's get quizzical. Yeah, that's a good one. I, yeah. I think my favorite is "Rip Off the Knob." Where's that? I've got that one here somewhere. This one. Turn it up loud. Don't touch that dial. Tune You're it in. Turn it up and rip off the knob. That's the best one. I think we. I think that should be part of the show. Bring it back. Turn it in. Tune it up and rip off the knob. There we go. That's the best one. <laughs> So, David, um, who is working with uh, Jeff, had a question for us all, I think. Well, I didn't. I, when I said he doesn't have the balls, he has the balls. I was just joking around. Was, he, obviously, David, uh, Tiger Claw Customs has been with me for a while. He's been great. Um, but before we get to that, just in terms of like uh, podcast noises, I when I was interviewing Jason Knight on Full Blast, my car alarm went off. <laughs> and it's like i couldn't get the key and you can, you can it's like shocking because i'm just like i'm fooling around trying to find the key and i'm sitting in the car and the fucking car alarm's going off he's laughing his ass off and i'm like you know so don't worry about it that was the worst that's the first time that ever happened to me so david says to me we're taught we're listening to music sirius xm we're listening to you know david crosby just died who cares and I'm sorry. <laughs> was that was that was that wrong? Who said? cares? <laughs> Jesus David Christ! Crosby. I mean, I love Crosby, Stills and Nash, but David Crosby is kind of a I don't know. I don't know. He's not my favorite. Okay. I'm not that. that <laughs> I'm going to get some bad feedback. I'm not that's not really the question. We were talking about bands, and he we were talking about Rush, and he said that Getty Lee, the lead singer of Rush, was. One of the top twenty frontmen no. for a band of all time, and I said he was full of shit. Yeah, I, agree. I think I said I think I berated him. Actually, I think <laughs> I think it's the worst I've ever berated him ever. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, or something like that. A frontman doesn't said, have to be good, but they need to be charismatic. You know, they need to right. They need to carry the, carry the rest so, of the band. I think. So he said, "Well, ask Mareko." And ask Craig. Craig didn't even know who the fuck he was. I did. And, and, I did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. you did. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't oh, know. Mareka who he didn't was. know who he was. Yeah. So, guys, is Getty Lee of Rush one of the twenty great lead men of a rock group of all time? He's not one of the top fifty in my mind. Oh, shit. This isn't to say the Rush isn't one of the top fifty bands of all time, but he's he's certainly not one of the top front men of all time. That's my opinion. And, and I've I, had a I'm top only, 15 record, you know. <laughs> you are. That's a good call. And I, I guarantee you're a much better front man. Uh, everybody <laughs> loves your shows. Whoa. You say Craig Lockwood is in the top 20. He's, he's better than Getty Lee? I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's wrong. Hey, he's selling out those shows he's doing over there in France. Yeah. So. I give it some. I give it, I, give it, I give it 100%. That's all I can ask. You should yeah. play Tom Sawyer. You know Tom Sawyer? No. No. Right, well, no. I, yeah, no. Do, do, do. Um, right. Our drummer isn't yeah. up to Rush's uh, <laughs> drum lines. To be fair, <laughs> is that Neil Pert? Neil Pert? No, you wouldn't. You don't even know who he no, is. No. Neil Pert. Yeah, fine. But uh, I've, I've, I'm only fami- familiar with their songs. I've never actually seen any footage of them performing, so I can't really say about frontman wise. But I do like his vocals. I like the songs. Mm. I just I don't know anything about. His stage stage presence. Canada's yeah. finest. I once we once did years ago. We once did a quiz on Knife Talk when we used to do quizzes. We got to bring those back. 
Yeah, I love that. And bit. I and and Rush was one of the answers. Oh yeah. Neither one of you. Yeah, I fucked could, that one up. Ident- no, neither one of you could identify the song. I played part of the Rush song. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the song was. I don't remember what the song is. Neither one of you could answer the question. Straight to the heart. No, no, no. It was it was a different. It was a different. I think it was probably metal related. Something uh, there's like something that. about it mentions the blacksmith in it. Oh yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Neither one of you could, and then fine. Neither one of you. The feedback I got from Canada <laughs> was <laughs> they like, were so pissed. They yeah. were furious that yeah. you didn't, you don't respect Rush and you don't respect Canada, and, and it was like this whole thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, the guys don't know the fucking Rush song, and all of a sudden it's like World War Four. Yeah, yeah. But I've come up with ten front men who I think. Whoa. 10 10 during the show during the show um in no particular order and these certainly aren't the the most talented but they're great great front men okay okay uh kurt cobain great front man ian brown stone roses ian brown from the stone roses they had a big 90s band um mccartney right as opposed to lennon is he the front man of the beatles well i mean people may say lennon is but I'd say McCartney just because yeah. if I'm seeing him performing it, I can't take my eyes off him. He's, he's, there's something there, you know, and it's, and again, if you watch Get Back, you'll just see the absolute G. He's, he's in a, on a different plane to Lennon. It's unbelievable. He looks like a, he looks, never mind. I was going to make a joke. Go ahead. I think Keep he's a, be, a beautiful man. I bet you do. I do. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, McCartney, um, Freddie Mercury. I mean, front yeah, commanding a stage, Mercury. you know, sure. in a similar vein, uh, Justin Hawkins, who was hit, who was in the darkness, we were written off as almost a comedy band back in the nineties. But again, amazing. The darkness front. was great. Yeah, they are. No great, great front man. Um, Bowie better than Getty Lee. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I don't even know who it is. It's the darkness. <laughs> I believe in a thing called yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. That's one of their songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Bowie obviously can't take your oh, eyes yeah. off him when he's on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Elvis, surely he's got to be up there. Oh he, yeah, he he made being a front man a thing, surely. Um, and with that in mind, you've got to say Tom Jones, the Welsh Elvis, because again, can't take your eyes off those hips. <laughs> um, and if we're talking hips, Jagger, I'm not the biggest fan, but as a front man, he's got it. Um, and Liam Gallagher, um, another front man who's just got it. So yeah, there's ten front men who are all better than Geddy Lee. I got three. Okay. I got Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Oosh, yes. A- Axl Rose. Good one. And David Grohl, or Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters. Right, yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. All good. All good front men. All of them are good. All of them I, are good. I pulled up a list. Rolling Stone has a list real quick. Is Getty Lee on that list? No, he's not. Not yeah. even there we go. It's, it's factual now. Then. It's factual. I knew it. I knew it. I mean, Tiger Claw Customs. I knew it, man. But some additions. Some ad- don't come into the shop. I'm telling you now, David. Just listen to this. Don't come into the shop with that smirk on your face. I heard what you said about it. Don't just leave it alone. It's all good. We're all good. Don't You don't have to see me and say anything. It's all good. There we oh, go. Man. We're gonna have a nice time in Chinatown. Just relax. Yeah. The, to add to Craig's Getty. list, yeah. um, they have uh, Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin. Yes. 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 Bono, you too. Uh, yeah. Oh come on! Better than that. Whatever St- you, you get a couple. We didn't even know who they were. <laughs> Steven Tyler. Definitely. Yeah. Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, Jim Morrison. 
Yes, yeah. The, the Doors. Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. Sheldon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Pop. Yes. yes. Yeah. David Lee Roth. James Hetfield. Customs. Come on, man. You're listening to this list, and it's just like, James Hetfield, Jack definitely. White. Yeah. White Stripes. Yeah, well, yeah. Here's a question for you both. Tom York. What would you? How would you? How would you rate Rod Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> you know what i've got i've got a story about rod stewart now um so when i was back in the uk just this week um i flew over and obviously i didn't have a car there so um i was using my mother's car while i was there and as you do you have you know what cds in the cd player so i press cd and it was a rod stewart cd um and it must be like a, a release like from the recent years you know right. my god it was terrible absolutely terrible um you should have called it a day back in the faces days i think but uh yeah it well, was, wasn't good <laughs> i have a rod stewart story back when i was in high school when you grew up in new york and you see famous people the move is don't say anything yeah like when you're a new yorker you just be cool it's just new native new yorkers are cool to you know we would see robin williams and and De Niro and famous people and you just like you just make a note of it and you leave them alone that's the fucking thing to do we were on Park Avenue crossing the street me and my high school friends Rod Stewart's there with Rachel Hunter <laughs> and this is like Rachel yeah. that was his wife right Rachel Hunter yeah 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 or was it Elle McPherson no it was Rachel Hunter and we were stuck on the island with him both sides of the, we couldn't cross and oh, we're wow. just looking we're just like <sighs> You got to be cool, but you got to say something. And as the light changed, he went. We we're like, way to go, Rod. And he turned around and he gave us the thumbs up and was just like, Rachel Hunter was unbelievable. Yeah, I he believe it. wacko haircut that like stuck his tongue in the light socket haircut. And but it was like, I'll never forget just like staring. We're stuck on this island with Rachel Hunter. Yeah. And it was like. And that's still, that's, was, still, that's still his wife now, I think, isn't it? I think I, I think, think it is. So. Is it? Oh, no. Really? Wow. No, Penny. Penny. Something is his wife now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Okay. Was it Rachel? Hunter? I was gonna say he was with Rachel Hunter. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I mean, you go up Holy to a, one smoke. of these. One of these. When you, if you, when, I'm like, hormones are busting out yeah. through my fucking <laughs> everywhere, and I'm stuck like six feet away from Rachel Hunter. I'm. I guess I'm like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, I'm losing my fucking mind. I've just googled actually. Yeah, they were married, and I can see their wedding photo. They got the same haircut at their wedding. Yeah, you <laughs> got that dumb hair. You got that dumb haircut. You got that yeah. dumb haircut. Yeah. You know whose music I love, but is painful to see perform, and mm. it's from the old days. But uh, Otis Redding, he amazing. Is so, yeah, yeah. His his stage presence is so awkward. Mm. It reminded me honestly of like Joe Cocker. If you've ever seen any video yeah. of Joe Cocker performing like at Woodstock or something like that, Joe Cocker's a weird, weird story. Yeah. A, I don't know anything about performs, him. He performs that. Uh, there's a there's a video of of him on Saturday Night Live and and John Belushi's like side by side, and they both oh, yeah. him. They're being electrocuted <laughs> while they sing. It's but it's like shockingly very true to it with his hands. Yeah, I mean, he's like having a spasmodic. Is that a bad thing to say? He's having some sort of like seizure. Yeah, seizure or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, music yeah. on the ones rip the knob off there we go <laughs> wait wait and rip off the knob oh. 
you've got to save that you've that's got to be the highest part of the, the i love that one so much it's so funny yeah yeah well there's, there's they got a few yeah I'll, I'll pepper them in next week um good show good show i think we're all done um yeah so sorry about all the cutouts oh don't worry don't worry it's one of those things one of those things but um we do a quiz next week should we do a quiz yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do it i'll be i'll be quiz master oh nice yeah nice, Pip nice. you two against each other again okay cool nice. um thursday again next week yeah good yep, okay good. great stuff i shall speak to you then ciao bye for now When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.